The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at WINNBet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. That's right, we've got an app now. Make sure you download it, get all the updates. Just enter SGPN into the App Store or the Google Play Store and download today. Howdy ho, Degenerinos, and thank you for coming to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This will be episode number 49, and it's dedicated to Gretzky. Not the, no, I know you're thinking Gretzky wore 99, but no, this is dedicated to Brent Gretzky, his little brother, who wore, 90, <laughs> who wore 49 for 13 games in the NHL where he scored one goal. So yes, <laughs> oh, we're struggling with the numbers now, but I have a younger brother named Brent also, so maybe that's why I picked it. So um, since there's a Canadian on the card today, I'm going to start the Canadian trivia early. I'm going to let my co-host talk. Uh, before I introduce them, um, the Gretzkys, what city are they from? Oh, damn. Isn't he from somewhere way out west? Am I wrong about that? Uh, yes, you're wrong about that. Sorry. Edmonton's way out west that, where he played, but no, he's from right in my neck of woods. Is he he's a Toronto? Toronto? No, <laughs> he's from Bran- Brantford, Ontario. Yeah, which, I almost said that. <laughs> yeah, which is where uh, the telephone was invented. Uh, it's where my mom was invented. Is she born there? <laughs> yeah, my mom was invented in Brantford. Um, a lot of my relatives were invented there, so yes, that's where he's from, Brantford, Ontario, which is not known for much else. Well, telephone in Gretzky, that's actually pretty good when you think about it for a little town. Okay, no more talking for you. Be quiet now, please. Uh, this is my time to shine. Um, and who would I be, you're asking? I would be Juicy Jeff Fox, the host of the show. Uh, I picked up the Juicy moniker a few weeks ago. I've stole it off of a uh, gentleman who got himself face plant knocked out. So when he was when he was uh, asleep on the canvas, I stole his nickname. So I am the juicy one now. Juicy Jeff Fox. You may know me from such other places as the Sports Gambling Podcast website, where I write and edit, and MMA-Manifesto.com, where I write and edit. I'm pretty consistent that way. Uh, make sure you hop pop on that site right now and enter our pick'em contest at the very least. You can win free stuff who doesn't like free stuff 50 buck gift card to wherever you want courtesy of the good people at sports gambling podcast but it's on my website mma-manifesto um make sure you are subscribing to our mma gambling podcast um since we're since i'm giving you orders early in the show here um make sure you subscribe to our specific feed just for the mma gambling podcast that would be appreciated because eventually we'll just be on that feed what else should i tell you to do while you're at it um Pretty soon, very soon, you're going to be seeing our MMA picks on the website via Tally Site. Tally Site has added MMA to their list of sports, and so we will be held accountable for our picks on there. We'll show exactly who we picked and how we are doing with our picks. So hopefully we stop being the mediocre boys. So 
Um, but that starts with this week's show, which someone just told me off air it's a horrible, horrible fight card. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how horrible it is. Um, one issue with it is usually we would like a fight card like this because it's two heavyweight fights at the top of the card, but um, the keyword there is heavy, not chunky. We like chunky. These are not chunky fights. These are heavy fights. But regardless, uh, let's introduce that uh, guy who I let talk earlier, my associate host. I think I called him a co-host, but he uh, he's an associate host. Um, you may know him from such places as the Top Turtle MMA podcast or the Prelim Primer podcast, lots of P's there, or Sports Gambling podcast.com or mma-manifesto.com um, or maybe you know him in, uh, personally. Maybe you know him from wherever he hangs out in whatever part of the United States he may live in. I'm not going to uh, dox him here, but um, what can I tell you about him? He's Before he became the toughest man in the world and the greatest purple belt in the world, yes, and the greatest practitioner of the Gogo Plata, he was the greatest college baseball pitcher of all time <laughs> whose uh senior season era is let me was oh, let me check don't pull this that again up. <laughs> oh, oh eight 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 point zero four <laughs> was his era in his final season of college baseball that would be daniel gumby vreeland hi oh you had that on tap <laughs> i do I, I do my research before the show the senior season and, era was not good <laughs> And, and if you're not a good boy, I will release your sophomore season team photo. Oh, that's bad, too. Yeah, it's not good either. <laughs> I actually think the yeah. ERA is lower sophomore and junior year. It was. Yeah. It was. And then I, think it's because they, I think it's because they started putting me in actual situations where I would need to try to succeed. Whereas before, like, you, when you just throw me in relief in a 20-2 to two blowout, you know, like I, nobody's even swinging anymore. I'm pitching against reserves, and then they started giving me starts and stuff. So that was their problem. Um, yeah, yeah. They, considering they should have never done that. <laughs> considering you, you were never a pitcher until you played college baseball, right? Yeah, I threw one inning in little league one time, uh, <laughs> and then I got to college and got cut as a catcher because uh, I'm I was a very bad hitter, um, and so I got cut as a catcher, and then I tried out again, uh, second time as a catcher. And they went to cut me again, and before they cut me, they were like, do you just want to try to be a pitcher? And I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know why that's a good idea, but sure, why not? And they asked me if I had pitched before, and I didn't even lie. I just told them no, uh, Little League one time. And then, yeah, I wound up, wound up being a pitcher. There you go. Exciting, exciting stuff. That's what people come here for. <laughs> exciting Exciting Al Bundy stories of Dan's uh, future sports I, I didn't, uh, glory. I didn't score five touchdowns in a game, though. Oh, Dan knows an old person <laughs> reference. You caught it. You know an old person. You've been watching your reruns, have you? Uh, my dad was a big uh, Al Bundy guy. <laughs> there you go. See, every week, every episode, I get a little bit more of Dan revealed. Uh, I like uh, he, he lets a little bit more secrets come out, and eventually, what we will know all that there is to uh, Dan. Hopefully, we won't find out what else is on his phone, but we'll find out more of uh, of what's going on in this man's life. Um, do you want to talk about Tough? Did you watch Tough? No, I'm two episodes behind now. I know that's that sounds fine. crazy. Uh, yeah, work. No just, one wants to hear it. Yeah, it's being crazy. Uh, but I do know Dustin Lampros is supposed to fight, and I'm going to officially be two predictions behind. So the previous week, I had the knockout prediction. I'm also going to say Dustin Lampros wins, and I'm going to say by decision. So those are those both those decisions are sitting right here. You, if, if you guys are listening at home, you might know I'm already wrong on both of them. You might know I'm already right on both of them, but guess who doesn't know either? Me and Jeff. 
I don't even know who Dustin Lamppost is. Or Dustin <laughs> Lamp. Dustin, is it Lamp Lamppost or Lamb Roast? Lamp Lamb Roast. <laughs> so, so, so you're roasting a lamp? Yeah. Yes, lamp roast. Wow. Uh, yes, is... and he he fought, fights out of I think out of Florida, but he was a Shamrock FC guy, if I'm not mistaken, which is oh, a yes. local promotion that uh, used to fight on a site that shall not be named that I might used to have worked for. Oh, Dan does, doesn't want to throw shade out of site that he used to work for. I think he's got some beef. Um, he did, he has beef with his upcoming fight card too. I think I so. do a little bit. <laughs> All right, there's beef on it, just not our kind of beef, like muscular beef. We, we like the chunky beef, but all right. Before we uh, get into it, let's tell you about WinBet. We do like WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer up to five hundred dollars risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Um, all right. So the card in question is UFC. Let's see all the different names we can name. <laughs> UFC Fight Fight Night Gain versus Volkov. It should be gone or gone since he's French. It should be gone. It should be Cyril gone, but it's like Cyril Gain. Everyone calls him, right? I believe it's Gain. Yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't be. I'm going to tell him. Next time you interview you, interview him, tell him. It should be Cyril Gagne. I'll, uh, I'll let him know that his name is not please. as French as he thinks it is. Exactly. <laughs> he's fighting Alexander Volkov, who also is not French. Uh, he's actually as Russian as he sounds. <laughs> he is, he is uh, quite Russian as he sounds. All right. Uh, this is also known as UFC Fight Night 190, UFC and ESPN Plus 48. And we're probably going to call it UFC Vegas 30 because that's the easiest thing to put in headlines and whatnot. So this goes down to UFC APAC as per usual. You might think it's in Las Vegas, Nevada, but it's really Enterprise, Nevada, if you want to get technical about this stuff. Um, and it is like a Saturday, June 26. It's actually an early one, which probably is good uh, with all the sports going on nowadays and playoffs and whatnot. With the Phoenix Suns, two wins away from the NBA Finals, and the Montreal Canadiens, one win away from the Stanley Cup Finals. Things are coming up Millhouse in this household. Um, so it's probably actually it's probably good that they are um, playing in the afternoon when there's should be less, uh, not playing, fighting each other in the afternoon when there should be less um, competition on TV. So it starts at 4 p.m. Eastern for the main card, 1 p.m. Eastern for the prelims, both on ESPN+. Plus. Um, we're down to, what, 12 fights? 13 fights? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 13 fights. Uh, we had flyweight belt between Tim Elliott and Sue Muderji, who... Do you spell his name with one word or two, Dan? I, I, I see him. I think some people spell it one word and some have it still have it two words. When I type it, I put two, but uh, yeah. I, I saw the UFC has been using one lately too. So uh, yeah. no good answer for the Americanized version <laughs> of the Chinese <laughs> Exactly. No, I, I think I saw on his Twitter he's using one it all as one. So maybe that's where I will go in the future. But regardless, he hurt his knee. He got a boo-boo. Actually, more than a boo-boo. He needed surgery, it says. So uh, that fight has been scrapped, but um, we have a really stellar 13-fight uh, card here, right, Dan? It's it's not that stellar. It, it, <laughs> and here's, here's the beef I have with it, too, because you mentioned beef earlier. I did. Uh, apart from, like, a, maybe a couple. Like, I, I'm going to say there's, like, two. Uh, maybe three. Most of the guys on this fight card, too, are not even, like, guys where you could be like, 
okay, well, they're not top 15ers yet, or they're not, like, relevant in the title picture, but they're, like, unknown commodities where they're, like, interesting and, like, we could find something out about them. It's, like, not those guys. It's, like, Yancey Medeiros, who we're going to talk about in the first fight, who's fought 8,000 times. We know everything about, you know, Charles Rosa. While I like Charles Rosa, again, he's fought 100 times in the UFC. We know everything about him. Like, Michelle Progeris, who we've seen a billion times. We know everything about him. You know, Tim Means, we've seen a billion times. Andre Feely, we've seen a billion. So it's just, like, a lot of guys who, like, we know a lot about and, like, nobody's thinking about hardly any of those guys I mentioned as being like, Oh, they, they could, they could turn their career around. No, it's true. And when I was breaking down, um, like I actually, okay, fine. I'll let everyone know. I actually do production. It might not sound like it, but I do uh, pre-production and I, I look up all the info on all these guys and gals before I break down the fights and helps me make, make my stellar picks that I'm hitting 55% of. Um, there's a lot of like I, I do the one one side of the fight and like oh I'm not picking this guy he's he's uh, his recent history is horrible and then the next side is just as bad so there seems to be a lot of <laughs> a lot of potential uh, loser leaves town matches here um, and not a lot of uh, like Dan said up and coming prospects or people that you can feel real um, good about their futures basically um, there's a handful obviously um, but but not as many as as we've come to come to be uh, accustomed to. Um, I also found it kind of hard to handicap. I, as of, I'm sure I'm going to even flip on some picks as we as we talk here. I flipped on some heading, like uh, heading after I did my research. I even changed my mind on a couple picks. So, did you find it a hard one to pick? Also, yeah, there's one I flip flopped on about seven times, including uh, in in the people who listen to me on three podcasts are going to love this. I picked different people on two podcasts already. Uh, so yeah, this, oh, this is this, the tiebreaker. This is the tiebreaker podcast where you'll get my actual pick, which it's always going to be the place where you get my actual picks. So make sure you tune in. Every week. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like there, there's like one or two that I felt really hung up on, but like largely, you're you're right. I, I feel like I'm fading people more often than I'm actually picking people on this card. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, there's it, it, there's a, it's an it's an easier time to be like, who am I more down on their weaknesses than who am I up on their their positives? Yeah, very true. There's a lot of, um, yeah, I don't want to pick a lot of these people, but I'm, I'm forced to because there's, uh, the other option is not uh, not any better, obviously. So hopefully that gets everyone excited for the, for this the, this is going to uh, be great. This week. <laughs> it's going to be a great, and this is going to be a great episode too. Um, it's a non-exciting fight car with a bunch of loser fighters, and we don't know what we're doing with their picks. So this is what more could you want uh, from a, a gambling uh, show? Sending it, trying to send you on, on the correct path. And this is good. This is the first card that we're going to be doing tally site picks on the site on our our uh, MMA, not MMA, sportsgamblingpodcast.com uh, too. So it's good um, a card that we're kind of in flux on. We're gonna we're gonna hopefully start off on a really bad foot, Dan. That's that's the way we do things around here, I guess, right? Yeah, uh, first, that, that, that's typically how we, start, that we, we always yeah. we always start slow. All right, we started this slow enough. I guess we get get down to it. Or we're going to be here all night. Let's talk about the uh, aforementioned Nancy Medeiros. He's in a lightweight curtain jerker against Demir Hadzovic. I'm sure that's not where Medeiros was hoping his career was headed. He, he actually, he I think it might have been short notice, but he headlined a card a few years back, right? 
Um, did he? Pretty sure he did. Did Yancey Deiros headline a car? I'll put the intern yeah. on it. Yeah, I, I can. No, uh, my intern's on it too, if you rather. But yeah. <laughs> both, both, I, we'll put both right. By the way, this, this is, is a very, ends. this is a very fancy podcast. We actually, yeah, he did. He fought uh, Cowboy Cerrone, uh, and not even that that yeah. long ago. It was just over three years ago. Yeah, so this is where his career has gone. He now is uh, jerking the curtain on a pretty weak fight night card that's just on ESPN Plus, not even on ESPN. But anyhow, so he's fighting Demir Hadzovic. Uh, this is one. Of, this could be one of those loser leaves town matches that I was um, hinting at before. All right, this um, was this one of the fights that was scheduled. This was already scheduled, I believe, right? It, it the, was indeed. It was indeed yeah. already scheduled. Yes. Did we break it down? Do you remember? We didn't. I'm about to flip flop on the person who I originally oh, really? picked. So, okay, uh, see, I, I didn't remember that we. Uh, I have a whole a um, whole spreadsheet page full of cancel fights, and it is stacked. Oh, Avila Stolarenko was was one of those too. I did all the research for these people, and I've uh, in, in like a haze uh, yesterday, and I uh, or this morning, not realizing that I had already done research on all these people. Yeah, last time Dan picked Hadzovic, so hmm. Um, he sounds like he's flipping and then flopping. All right, let's let's get to it. Medeiros, nicknamed the kid, has a nickname, the Bosnian bomber. What are you thinking? Who Bo- Bosnian bomber wins the nickname battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much, yeah. Very, very clearly on this one. Because Medeiros is what in his thirties by now. He's not a kid. Come on, he probably has kids by now. Yeah, he. Yeah, I believe he does have kids. Yeah, there you go. All right, the kid, quote unquote, is fifteen and seven with one no contest. Eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out himself four times. He's a stellar, sparkling six and seven in the UFC, um, due in part to a three-fight losing streak he's currently on. He's not fought since February of 2020. However, <laughs> however, I always like referring to the stack because I think it may have got worse still. Fighters who have been off at least a year or more are now 37 and 31. So we're up to 54%, which is, yeah, it goes against all what common... Uh, Common knowledge would be like, oh, ring rust, um, it's it's uh, gonna bite you. But apparently, Dominic Cruz is right, and so is Gumby Breland, who says getting punched in the head frequently isn't good for you either. So <laughs> you should probably, should probably take some time off. So anyhow, the kid, uh, um, like I said, three fight losing streak, February 2020. Uh, before the UFC, he was in Strike Force, where he's two zero. He has a inch of height, five inches of reach. He's a year younger. He's a more active striker of the two. Active striker being meaning he lands more strikes per minute than his opponent than uh, Hadzovic does on average, and he's at plus 120. Hadzovic, he bombs from Bosnia. He's 13 and six with seven knockouts, three submissions. I think he's doesn't he live in like Denmark or Belgium or something though? I think. Hadzovic, I think Hadzovic uh, I'm pretty sure trains in Florida now, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, because I, I thought I saw so there was some interesting. Uh, yeah, he used to uh, live in Copenhagen, I believe. So, yes. That, there you that's go. That's probably in the, you know, not to to stereotype here, but that's probably the fleeing of Bosnia type deal. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of kind of why the Bosnian bomber makes me kind of <laughs> kind of uh, cringe a bit when I hear that. But regardless, yes, he was born in Bosnia, raised in Denmark. So there you go. Um, I represent both countries. I love both countries. Denmark is my home. It's Bosnia hardware, Danish software. So there you go. Um, I'm sure everybody. You wanted to hear about that, but that's uh, Demir Hadzovic's backstory. In case you need that, to, uh, need to know that. Thirteen and six, seven knockouts, three submissions, three and four in the UFC. Also sparkling. Zero uh, and two over his last two. He got subbed his last fight, which was way back in March 2020. So basically, that's the wash here. Um, we can't really take that 
out of the cage stat in effect because they both went out of the cage. Striking stats in his favor, minus 150. I'm going Medeiros too, which I think is where you said you're headed to. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, when I, I taped the Top Turtle podcast earlier this week, which uh, should be out tonight, if you're listening, you can go ahead and subscribe to that and, and listen to that as well. I, I actually took Hadzovic, uh in that on that show, and then I talked with uh, uh, Benjamin Abrigo from the Fixed Fights podcast, who's co-hosting the uh, Prelim Primer, which you could probably also catch later tonight if you want to just get, get a whole bunch of plugs. get a whole bunch of Gumby Vreeland up in your ears. And he made a really good point. Hadzovic is a guy who who kind of gets sucked into other people's fights. I think the first time I picked him, I was like, oh, he has the wrestling to take down Yancey Medeiros and control him if he wants to. But the thing about Demir Hadzovic is I just don't have any of the faith that he's actually going to do that. Um, and, and Ben put, pointed that out as he was like, look, Hadzovic could do that. You're right. But do you have any faith that he will? And if he goes and slugs it out with Yancey Medeiros, is he going to win that fight? And, and I think it's a resounding no. I, I think Yancey Medeiros wins that fight if it goes that way. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think it's going to go that way. Now, I, I don't think Yancey's going to get him out of there, but I do think he's going to be, as you said, more active and active enough. Plus, you know, if we are making these picks based on odds, plus 120 for a guy in a fight that we're talking be, about being essentially a coin flip seems like the right way to go. So you're saying his uh, Danish software is faulty? I'm not saying anything's faulty. I am saying he maybe uh, he likes to swing more than he ought to. He's a bomber, though. Come on. That's in the, hey, that's it right there. That, that's all you yep. need to know. There you go. So we are both taking the kid at plus one twenty. I was having issues, not issues. Like I don't go out. Uh, I think we we mentioned this last last podcast. We don't go out looking for underdogs. But I I found after I went my first run through, I did not have very many. But I've since actually flipped over to a few. So yeah, th- this would be one of them. I didn't flip to this one. I think I had this one all along. So the kid at plus 120 was starting you off with some plus money. Um, moving into these guys are lightweights and these guys are featherweights, aren't they? Um, yes. Charles Rosa, Justin Janes. So we got Charles Rosa, Boston strong versus Justin Janes, guitar hero. Dan, do not be a mass hole. Pick the right one. You know, I, I want to pick Guitar Hero, but with Boston Strong oh. being being something that's like around a tragedy, right? Like he adopted that nickname, I'm pretty sure, after the Boston Marathon right. bombing. So it's like a point of pride for the area that – well, not the area I live in. That Boston's two hours away, but Massachusetts is the area I live in. So and, – and it's hard for me to talk down about a nickname that's – Tragedy will Yeah, that's true. That's that's always the best nicknames. One, uh, right? The ones that are are um, based in tragedy. Well, that's well rooted. In, well rooted in a <laughs> well national in tragedy. tragedy. <laughs> exactly. Fine. We'll take Boston Strong. Um, Justin James, the guitar hero, is sixteen and seven with eight knockouts, five submissions. He is one and three in the UFC. He won his debut and then he lost three straight. This is what I'm telling you. This is what we were trying to warn you about. This card, people. Um, we've got so far. We've got. A uh, fighter on two fight win streak, two fight losing streak, three fight losing streak. This guy's on a three fight losing streak. Um, Charles Rose is on one fight losing streak. Yeah, this is the loser card. Um, so, like I said, one and three. He's been he did, hasn't just lost his last three. He's been finished in all three of his last fights. He was one and zero in Bellator before this. He's three years younger than Mr. Rosa. Striking stats and active striking stats in his favor, plus one forty. Uh, Mr. Strong Boston is 13-5 with three knockouts, eight submissions. 
Uh, both these guys are uh, finishers, so that may be something you want to think of if you want to do a, a prop here. He's 4-5 and five in the UFC, 1-2 and two over his last three, lost his last fight, 2 inches taller, 1 inch reach. He's the superior grappling, grappling, grappler both by uh, eyesight and by the stats, uh, minus 175. Mr. Vreeland, over to you. Well, let me tell you this. First of all, you want a piece of bad analysis that you can follow along with. Charles, Did I just give you one? No, I'm about to give I'm about to give you one. So Charles oh, Rosa. I thought made, I said something bad. No, 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 not not yet. Um, <laughs> Charles Rosa made his UFC debut in 2014. Do you know how many winning streaks or losing streaks he's had since then? Zero. Zero. He is he has oh, alternated really? back and forth. He has alternated wins and losses nonstop since 2014 when he first got to the UFC. Uh, I usually notice that. Thank he, you for picking he, that up. And he's coming off a loss. So there you go. He's going to win this one. Um, but all joking aside, I am going to take Charles Rosa in this one. Um, Justin James, I think, has the wrestling background that could give Rosa trouble. Um, but I actually spoke with Rosa this week about his increasing his wrestling workload and, and working more on his wrestling. And in addition to that, I think if even if Justin James chose to be the aggressor in the grappling here, I think there's a solid chance that, that Rosa subs him off his back because Rosa's submission game is really high level. Um, you know, it didn't look great against Bryce Mitchell, but he had, does have really high level grappling. So I, I kind of see this as a fight where if James chooses to take it down, it's going to be bad. If he waits and lets Rosa take him down, that's going to be bad. And I just don't think he's going to be able to keep it on the feet long enough to be successful. So I'm going to go with Rosa. And like you said, I would not be surprised with a submission here. Yeah, I'm taking Rosa also. The grappling is the name of the game here in this fight. Um, so probably uh, James will be doing his guitar solos in a different organization, you would think, after this. Because being finished three straight, uh, if he loses here again, that would be four straight. Uh, I'm surprised he's still around, actually, uh, with three straight losses. That usually, especially with a guy who's not established, that usually makes you bye-bye. So, yeah, but not the, that I'm I, calling for anyone to be... I think the short-notice knockout of Frank Camacho went a long way. Um, yeah. Because he took that fight on, like, four days' notice. He knocked out a guy up a weight class who was actually, fought, who was actually fought up two weight classes at, at one point, right. right? Like, Camacho's fought as heavy as 170. So... Like, I, I think that went a long way for the UFC, especially because, like, while James may not have had, like, the greatest next few fights, he is exciting. Like, when he's striking, he's exciting. Yep. It's very true. Um, you know what else is exciting? Drinking Coors Light, Dan. <laughs> How's that for a segue? That's, that's a great segue. <laughs> Dan, do you ever feel that these days everything is go, go, go? I, oh, you're, I you you're actually question. asking me. Yes. Yes, I'm asking you. Yes, yes. I do. do feel feel, I do feel that way. Do you feel like it's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time? It's just work and friends and family and a million pressing social issues I, and expectation I, to be I, on 24-7? I do feel that way. I do indeed. Yes. Uh, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Uh, what should I tell you about next? Coors Light, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 
I actually just told one of our writers that he was all over overheated from his day job, and I said, hey, you need a Coors Light, man. It's time to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight into your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. All right, let's move on to women's band and weight. Julia Avila. Julia. I think she's Julia also, isn't she? Stolyarenko? Yeah, I think it's Julia, even yeah. though even though there's a second J in there. Yeah, I think it's Julia. Fainty McFaintfaint, we'll also call her. That, that's her name. She doesn't have a nickname, so she's Fainty McFaintfaint is her new nickname. How, how's that? That's, that's harsh. Based in tragedy. <laughs> based, based in almost tragedy. Um, so no nickname. It's going against Rage and Panda. Duh. Obviously, Avila wins. Rage and Panda was going to beat anything, even Fainty McFaintfaint. Um, all right. Uh, Stolyarenko... Um, but she uh, this fight was scheduled what a couple months back I guess it would have been, and so he ranked all what they uh, they let her uh, the commission and the officials let her pass out a couple times uh, before she while she was trying to um, weigh in which was a really smart move by them yeah that was back in March so yeah they let her collapse twice isn't that uh isn't that nice of them Just so hopefully. Yeah, it was. That's a great look for the sport. Um, so hopefully she is on point with her weight cut down to 135 um, for this week's fight. Um, so, yeah, this will be women's band of weight. She is 9-4-2 as a pro with eight submission wins. She's been knocked out twice. She's 0-2 in the UFC. She was in Invicta before where she was 1-0, and that made her the champion. She was in one fight there, and it was for the belt. She also was a left-way champ. Do you know what left-way yeah, is, Dan? Yeah, it's a uh, bare-knuckled... Chinese. Oh, I'm gonna mess up the. It, it's Asian. I know it's Asian. It's sometimes announced it's a, yep. by Robin yep. Black, but it's like a bare knuckled, yes. no holds barred version of MMA. Yeah, it's like I think it's like people say it's like the most fierce kind of fighting basically out there that's that's legal. Headbutts are allowed, stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh, it's legit. Where is it based? Myanmar. Myanmar is where it's based. So um, I wasn't gonna I get that. I, I wasn't gonna. I yeah. wasn't gonna get that at all. <laughs> I think a can. I think a Canadian's like the king of it too. Speaking of Canada once again, um, <laughs> can't, remember, can't remember his name. Uh, I don't. You would think I'm in left way the way I uh, have no memory of anything. But yeah. Um, so there's a little tidbit for you. She was left way champ. She was the Invicta champ in MMA. Um, she does have weight weight cut issues, as I as I mentioned here. Uh, she's five years younger than. The panda that rages, and she's at plus 260. As for the angry raging panda, she doesn't really seem angry or raging at all, and she just doesn't look like a panda, so I, it's kind of a fraud nickname, wouldn't you say? I, I uh, Yeah, I, I think maybe, though, the fact that she's not raging makes her a panda, right? Because pandas aren't angry, right? No, I've, yeah, I haven't really run into any angry pandas, to tell you the truth. So, um, she, she seems quite lovely, which means Dan probably wants her to get her face smashed in something here. <laughs> or, or, or do you like Julia Vila? I like Julia Vila, actually. All yeah, right, good. I'm, I'm a fan. Cool, thank God. <laughs> All right. Uh, she's 8 and 2, four knockouts, one submission. She is 2 and 1 in the UFC. She lost her last fight after a two fight win streak. She was Invicta in Invicta. In Invicta. In Invicta isn't as. Easy to say as it seems. She's one was one on one there, two inches of reach. Striking stats in her favor minus three fifty. She's my pick. I'm not really a fan of minus three fifty, but I'm going with the panda. Yeah, I actually don't even mind the number. Um, like I, I think it's it's big, but Julia Vila is really tough in the clinch and really physically strong. And so far, all I've seen out of uh, Stolyarenko 
particularly in her UFC stint, is like, the, and she's actually had two separate stints, right? Like, she was in the UFC, lost her only fight, right, left, yes, came yes. back, lost again. And, and mostly what I've just seen is she has trouble with people who are stronger than her. And she just happens to be fighting one of the people who I actually feel like is one of the strongest bantamweights in the world right now, and Julia Avila. She's very, very physically strong. And she works well in the clinch, and she throws good knees. I think apart from, like, a Hail Mary submission attempt here, Stolia Renko has almost no pass to victory for me. And Avila has been finishing people, too. So, yeah, I like Avila quite a bit in this one. I, I think it's a pretty obvious pick. And also, she's a geologist. Uh, that's her full-time job. So how can you pick against a geologist, really? I, I think it's wild that uh, – is she a Ph.D.? Or PhD student? Um, Am I thinking of Miranda Maverick? Miranda Maverick's a PhD student. I know she's a geologist. Um, hmm. She's got to have some kind of fancy degree. But anyway. Yeah, uh, probably. We, we, probably. We, we, we digress. <laughs> she's smart. She's smart, but she gets punched in the face uh, for her uh, – just for fun, I guess, on the side uh, when she's not geologying. I'm sure <laughs> geologying is the word for that, right? I think you nailed That's it. Yeah, be. yeah. I nailed it. All right, what's uh, what are we on to next? So we agreed on another one here. Have we we agreed on everyone so far? Have we? So, oh so my far, gosh, so far. Good. And I, I took Charles Rosa despite the top turtle MMA curse being a real thing. Which <laughs> definitely, everyone get that trending on uh, on Twitter. Hashtag top turtle curse, and then because uh, fighters need to be aware of this before they they um they step to the mic with you. All right, um, have you? You have interviewed one of these next people, I think. Haven't you? Light heavyweights. Marcin Pratchino, Ike Villanueva. Haven't you interviewed Villanueva? He he may or, or may not be on the show this week. Oh, crap. <laughs> okay, no, we're good. I'm looking at my picks. We're good. All right, uh, Hurricane Ike against no nickname. So uh, we'll give Hurricane Ike at least a W in the nickname category. He's 18 and 11, 15 knockouts. He's been knocked on himself five times. He's been subbed. Uh, tapped out five times, so that's uh, pretty consistent. Um, so one of his losses went to um, decision. The rest, he's been finished. One and two in the UFC, he got knocked out. No, sorry, he won via knockout his last fight after dropping his first two. He was 1-0 in Bellator before this. He was a journeyman fighter uh, before hitting the UFC. He's at plus 165. He used to fight at heavyweight, correct? This is light heavyweight? Uh, he, I mean, he has some fights at heavyweight. He made a okay. UFC debut at heavyweight, but that was just because it was on short notice. Um, okay. But but I'd say most of his career has been at light heavyweight. Is he a chunky guy? He, to, he heavyweight think. is very much no, heavy, yeah. yeah. But yeah, okay. Just checking. Um, Prachnio, because we have to keep track of these uh, these things, guys. Uh, Fourteen and five is Mr. Prachnio. Ten knockouts, one submission. He himself has been knocked out four times. Um, he's one and three in the UFC. He dropped three straight and then won his last fight. Uh, he's four and zero oh in one championship before this. Two inches taller, one inch reach, four years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Minus two ten. Uh, I'll go Prachnio. I don't know about minus two ten with. Two guys who get knocked out a lot, but um, let's just go with it. I, I'm going to go with Ike Villanueva because of what you just of said. Because of guys. He was on your podcast. Well, he was on my podcast, but also <laughs> guys get knocked out a lot. Prochnio, dude, is one of the sloppiest dudes in the world when he gets somebody hurt. Like, go back and watch him fight Sam Alvey. It's one of my favorite things in the world because he hit Sam Alvey once pretty freaking hard. And he goes in for the kill, and he throws some of the widest, winging punches I've ever seen in my whole life against a guy who's got a mean-ass counter left in, in Sam Alvey, and he gets starched. 
And not for anything, I fell in a way that actually has a really good counter and is pretty durable. You know, you mentioned he'd been knocked out sometimes before. Like, I, I kind of write off some of the ones he's been knocked out against, right? Like, the Jordan Wright fight isn't actually a knockout. That's a doctor stoppage due to a cut. The Chase Sherman ones up at heavyweight. And, you know, if you want a knockout loss for him before that, you got to go all the way back to 2011. Like, he hasn't been, like, knocked out, knocked out by a guy who's not a heavyweight in 10 years. Like, that's a really long time. And I actually find him to be pretty durable. So, and then you compare him to, to Marcin Procneo, who's been starched a couple of times recently, just as a weird decision win over Khalil Roundtree. Probably should have been cut before that because he had been beaten the first round every time. I just think he gets sloppy enough here for Ike to tag him. This, that's uh, that's classic Dan Real in there using revisionist history to to make uh, his pick seem better to him. <laughs> Saying, "Oh no, he he really lost that one. He really won that one." That's such I didn't a change Dan any. Move. I didn't change any results <laughs> there. I just said simply. I just said simply. He has not lost by knockout to anybody other than Chase Sherman in ten years. That's not revisionist. I'm not going to fight this. Yeah, that's, that's not revisionist. No, okay. This is um, – can they both lose? Can we pick that? Double knockout is my is my uh, pick here if I really have to make a pick. But, um, yeah, I'm not too sold on either guy, but we'll, I'll stick with the chalk even though I don't like the, the line. So I'll put that out there. Um, Walter Waits, Warley Albez versus Jeremiah Wells. Um no nicknames for other guy. Other guys, both losers. Um, Wells, eight two and one, three knockouts, three submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. This will be his debut on very short notice. It was just about a few days ago um, when he got plugged in here. He just uh, he didn't just win, but the last fight he won the CFFC championship, but that was way back September of 2019. Uh, he's won two straight fights, so like, but he hasn't been in the cage in almost two years at this point. Three inches of reach, plus 185. Uh, Alves fourteen and four, four knockouts, six submissions, eight and four in the UFC, two and two over his last four. He got a TKO win in his last fight. He was three and zero in the Ultimate Fighter and went on to win the Ultimate Fighter season he was on. Two inches taller, five years younger, minus two forty. First of all, do you know Jeremiah Wells? I do. Yeah, he's a Daniel Gracie guy. So if he's a Daniel Gracie guy, that means I know him um, because that's slowly becoming one of my favorite like under the radar gyms. Um, cause that's where Sean Brady's from. And I think Sean Brady is like the future at welterweight. Um, but also that guy who won with the Polish sounding last name on the first episode of the ultimate fighter was from there. Um, uh, Petrovsky, Petrovsky. Um, and then there's another one too. Pat Sabatini, uh, comes from that gym as well, who also had a hell of a debut, so Jeremiah Wells comes from that gym. So yeah, I, I know a little bit about Jeremiah Wells. Um, but for for those of you who don't know him, I would just summarize it as this: like he has the wrestling, but not the wrestling that his teammates do. The the ones we're talking about here, he's got explosive hands, maybe even better than his teammates, but it's just like not quite as technical. He's kind of a wild man in there, um, and I think. In a fight with Warley Alves, that's a problem, right? Because Warley Alves is an opportunist, right? Like, that guy is just waiting for you to make a dumb mistake. Like, he did it to Mornier Lezez. 
Um, he did it to Sergio Marias. I mean, like, if you really, really want to go back, he did it to Colby Covington. The guy's got a submission win over Colby Covington because Colby did something stupid. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think Warley Alves has been kind of one of those guys who's, like, been on the edge of turning into something that's kind of a big deal. Like, I think, you know, he's made a couple of dumb mistakes here and there, but, like, I think he's actually got a really high ceiling in this sport. And I think he's like the wrong kind of first opponent for Jeremiah Wells, as long as I'm just being super honest. Yeah, Alves is is my pick as well uh, for this fight. So um, I think he probably gets a finish too if you if you want to get propsy here early. Oh, there you go, there you go. Will Dan put that on his tally site pick though? Will he be brave enough and put that there? Because you you can pick uh, over under round amounts too on there, Dan. So we'll see, we'll see if you roll the dice or not um, on on the public record. Um, I'm going to go on the public record and tell you I like PropSwap. Uh, We are are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds in NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair and then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be restored at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Milwaukee Bucks championship future for 150 bucks when they were down one nothing versus the Nets and then resold it for $1,000 after the Bucks won game seven, which was a smart move because the Suns are winning the title this year. Everyone knows that. So that person was smart to get off that losing ticket. Uh, a, few weeks, a few weeks, it will be worth zilch. Uh, with PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Welterweights up next, Shavkat Rakhamov versus Michelle Prezeris. Um, Prezeris, nickname Tractor, which translates to tractor. <laughs> Rakhamov, nickname Nomad, which I assume translates to Nomad. What nickname do you like better, Dan? I think I like Nomad. Tractor yeah. Tractor's kind of weak. Although That's it's, why I, lo- it's very, I, think I like it. It's very funny. fitting for him, though. Like, he is built like a tractor, dude. Naming someone – no, I think that, that's what that, that's what puts it over the edge for me. Naming someone uh, after a piece of farm equipment, that, that's going to win. Tractor. And that's, yeah, that, that's fitting for him, too. He's, he's, he's like a truck. <laughs> yep. Um, let me see. Let's tell you about the truck first, the tractor truck. Uh, 26 and 3 as a pro. One knockout, 11 submissions. He debuted way back in 2000. He's been around a long time. You know, I, I never would have guessed that, but yes, he's been around for a long time. He's never been finished in a fight, too, which is impressive. 21 years, never been finished in a fight. 20, this will be his 30th uh, pro fight. 10 and 3 in the UFC, which I never, I wouldn't, would you have guessed that? He had like a seven fight winning streak at one point, didn't he? Like a yeah. seven or eight fight win streak. Eight, eight fight actually. Yeah, he he's uh, eight and one over his last nine. He lost his last fight. So yeah, I the, I think the reason issue here is he's been gone since February 2019. I I forget things that happened in February 2021. So there's no way I'm going to remember this. Um, but anyhow, he, he's got a very nice resume here. But despite all that, he's at plus two fifteen, which probably tells you um, that the Nomad is is quite a prospect. Uh, the Nomad is thirteen and zero as a pro. There you go. Seven knockouts, six submissions. So he, all he does is finish people. That's it. Hashtag finish people. Um, you want to know in the UFC via a sub submission. He was 6-0 and in M1 where he was the champ. So he's fought high level for what at least seven fights. 
Um, seven inches taller. Here, here's listen to these stats. This, this is the big thing that's going to put it over the edge. Seven, no, seven inches taller, ten inches of reach, oh, thirteen years, and thirteen years younger <laughs> than his opponent. Uh, striking stats in his favor, minus two eighty. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I'll take that, please, and thank you. Yeah, I, I think the reach advantage is so important in in a lot of fights, but in this one especially because Michelle Prezerish is just like you know we were joking about it with his nickname, but the dude is just like a solid muscle. Uh, and he's kind of gotten by on his career, in his whole career, just being the physically dominant guy. Because he fought most of his career at lightweight, too, right? Like, he hasn't fought at, at welterweight very much. He went up to welterweight, got countered by Ishmael Nardiev, who is literally not still in the UFC. Since he beat, since he beat Michelle Prezerich, he went on, like, a big old losing streak and then wound up no longer in the UFC. Meanwhile, Prezerich hasn't even fought since then. So, like... It's it's kind of a bad loss if you go back and look at it and just kind of prove that, like, if he can't hold you down, he doesn't have much of an answer. And I don't think he'll even get close enough to Rachmanov to be able to get him down. And if he does, Rachmanov's defensive wrestling and his submission game is exquisite. I think this one is a very clear pick to Rachmanov. And I'll say this, too. I'm very high on Shavkat Rachmanov. I would not be surprised if he was the first one to finish uh, Michel Prezerich. That that was my next question. We are we are uh, in sync here, Dan. Um, synchronicity. I was going to ask you what you think of him as a prospect. Is he is he legit? Is he the real deal? He, he's one of my favorite welterweight prospects. The only one who I would say is a better welterweight prospect for me right now, and maybe you can't even call him one anymore because he's in the UFC's official rankings. Is Sean, the aforementioned Sean Brady. Brady. Yeah, like yes. Sean, Sean Brady. And is, love Sean Brady. I, I think Sean Brady is like a top five guy right now in a division that has like killers in the top five. So, uh, yeah, like I think Shavkat Rachmanov is probably already top 15 too, and I think he's going to show it here. Dan loves Sean Brady. I, I, do, I do love Sean Brady. Do you I, think he's cute? I think he's got uh, a very hideous back tattoo, but he is uh, he does, he, yeah. he's not fun. <laughs> he's, not, he's not alone in the UFC. Uh, that's, it's the realm of the hideous back tattoos. Um, all right, let's get to our prelims main event. Light heavyweights, Kennedy Enzichukwu. Versus Danilo Marquez. Um, we got a lot of Danilos, Demirs, a lot of um, Eastern Europeans on this card. Um, Marquez. Oh, we're talking about uh, nicknames. Marquez doesn't have one. And Sichuku, African Savage, which kind of I find problematic, but I guess we got to pick that since he's he's only wants a nickname, Dan. Yeah, and he's the he's the guy who came up with it, so I think it's less problematic if he picks it, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. But two two white guys here are saying, "Yeah, we're, we're going we're going with the African savage." <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't sound yeah, right to that's, me. Yeah, that's maybe maybe we should defer. Um. <laughs> Hashtag canceled. The podcast got canceled. Hey, I'm just reading what it says on the sheet. He says that's his nickname. So, um, and he's a big scary dude. I don't want to make him angry. Um, Mr. Marquez will go talk about first. Eleven and two, four knockouts, five submissions. He's two and zero oh in the UFC. Um. He got a sub win his last time in the cage. He's an inch taller, seven years younger, striking and grappling stats in his favor. Um, kind of a short, uh, not short, kind of a small sample size. Two fights are in three for uh, Mr. Savage. Um, and he's at plus 100, so even money for him. 
Um, and so Chukwu, eight and one with five knockouts, two and one in the UFC. You did, you're not, first of all, you're not laughing at how I say his name. I must be saying it properly then. You're not, but that, I, I've given you <laughs> a pass. Not. I'm giving you a pass on this one because it ain't easy. It's Zuchuku. Am I better than Shockwave would say it though, right? A hundred percent better than Shockwave would go. say As long it. as I'm better than your other podcast husband, that's fine. I'll, I'll um, tell you about when we get to a name later, I'll, I'll see if you slaughtered it <laughs> as bad as he did this week. <laughs> all right, we shall see. Um, all right, eight and one, five knockouts, two and one in the UFC. Uh, he's won his last two fights after dropping his debut, a knockout win last fight. Um, who? That was against Carl's Olberg, who's a hell of a prospect. Okay. Right, yes. Uh, and yes, he landed yes. like because Zuchuku took like 150 punches to the dome in that fight too. Yes, yes. Uh, this is a short note fight for him though, so that's something to keep in mind. He's got six inches to reach, three times more active striker than Marquez. Minus 125. But we'll let you do the honors here first. Uh, I'm going to take Danilo Marquez in this one. Um, I really like Zuchuku. I think he's got a lot of promise. He's younger. Uh, but here's the problem I have is his takedown defense is not that good. And he just so happens to be up against a guy who's really, really solid on the mat. Um, I think Daniel Marquez does an exceptional job when it gets to the ground. I mean, like, if you look at that last fight uh, against Mike Rodriguez, he, he really tooled on Mike Rodriguez on the ground. And I'm not sure there's much of a difference between Mike Rodriguez and Kennedy Zuchuku on the mat. Zuchuku got taken down four times by Darko Stoizic and pretty much only walks out of that fight with a win because he got needing the balls like 15 times. Um, so, like, I kind of expect that, that Marquez is just going to put him against the fence, get him down, and probably submit him as quickly as he needs to. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to um, close the distance with, what, half a foot reach uh, difference between the two. Um, but I, but yeah, here's I, the thing, though, about that, too, though, is I, I don't think Zuchuku uses that reach as well as he could. Like, I, I'm not going to call him the Stefan Struve of the light heavyweight division, but he's got some of those tendencies where he fights more like a short guy than he ought to. Um, and yeah. I think that that's especially a problem against somebody like Marquez. Yeah, I'm going to go Marquez too. I was uh, this was one of the ones I had a question mark uh, against, but yeah, the the wrestling puts me over the edge. Plus, uh, I'll take plus money if I am uh, if it's a coin toss in my book, so I will take the guy who has a clear path to victory and and the plus money. So that wraps up the prelims. Um, we will do as we always do the main card ad free, but first let me tell you about the SGPN app. Our own app. We have our own app, and it's live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. You get notifications every time a podcast drops, which is nice. Um, don't forget to download it, and if you do, throw us a kind review on uh, on wherever you download it from, and uh, you'll definitely enjoy the app. I, uh, I enjoy it myself. So there you go. Okay, main card time. Lightweights. Hanato Moicano versus Jai Herbert. First of all, um, He's not really Hanato Moicano. Did you know that? Yeah. Moicano is not his name. Yeah. Well, Moicano means Mohawk in There you go. Yeah. That's um, his nickname. And, and he actually got that nickname as a kid because when he was a kid, he wanted to look tough, so he shaved his head into a Mohawk. Uh, and since then, nobody's called him anything but Moicano. Um, yeah. Yeah. So That's a Brazi- it's a Brazilian Very thing. Brazilian yeah, thing. Like yeah. Like Shogun. Uh, Shogun. Car- Carniero Sh- is Sh- his Shogun name. Hua. Yeah. Actually, when he first yeah. came up, uh, it was in – when he first made the rankings, it was in there as Renato Carniero. 
Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, he's fighting Jai Herbert, who's the Black Country banger. I think I'll go with that because uh, McCann does not have a mohawk, so that's false advertising. Uh, he Herbert has for is, some fights. I think he uh, has Herbert for some is fights. a banger from the Black Country, though. Yeah, and I didn't know what the Black Whoever Country. That is. I didn't know what the Black Country was until I uh, until I interviewed him too, because I've also oh, interviewed, no. I've actually you interviewed him. I've interviewed both, interviewed both. both of these guys. Okay, yeah, he's from some part of England where uh, apparently there were like right. a lot of mills. Uh, and then right, now they okay. call it the black country because of that. Okay. All right. I was getting worried that you interviewed him, but you interviewed both, so that cancels out the jinx or something's going to happen to both of them possibly <laughs> before the fight even takes place. So if this fight takes place, here's the stats you need to know. Herbert is 10-2 and two with eight knockouts, one submission. He himself has been knocked out twice. It's the only way he has lost, actually. Um, he's the only one in the UFC. He got TKO'd his first fight. He was the Cage Warriors champ before this over in – uh, the UK, two inches taller, five inches reach, one year younger, plus 195 if you like him. Uh, Mr. Mohawk, 14-4-1 with seven submissions. He's been knocked out also three times. Six and four in the UFC. He is one in three over his last four. He's lost his last fight. Striking stats in favor. He's also lands three times the more strikes than Herbert. Uh, grappling stats also in his favor, minus 250. This is another one I'm I got question marks because I may want to get some big, big dog money, but I want to hear what you have to say first. I think that's silly. Uh, I think Hanato okay, Mor- I think Hanato Morcano is going to kill him. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be not close. Uh, while I like Jai Herbert, like Jai Herbert's chin worries me a lot uh, because he was knocked out by Francisco yeah. Trinaldo, who, while is a big, giant ball of muscle, go ahead and look yep. back at his record and find the last time you know, like Francisco Trinaldo starched somebody on the feet. Like, you're going to have a tough time going back and looking for that. Um, he also got knocked out by Reese McKee, um, who is, you know, obviously infamous for his uh, quick loss to Kamzat Shemaev. Like, Jai Herbert, look, he can strike a little bit, but he loves to strike and he loves to, like, mix it up in there. And when he's going to hit with these guys who have power like Hanato Moicano does, I think he's going to run into a lot of trouble. I think people forget Hanato Moicano beat Calvin Cater. And he beat Calvin Cater in a fight that was just on the feet. He didn't try to outgrapple Calvin Cater. He didn't try to do anything else. He just simply outworked him on the feet easily, almost in a similar manner to Max Holloway, right? Like, he did it more with leg kicks, but, like, the two people who have outboxed Calvin Cater are Max Holloway and Hanato Moicano. So he's up against the guy here who's who's been knocked out by Francisco Trinaldo and lost a striking match to, to Francisco Trinaldo. Why would I not pick Moicano in his striking over the striking of Jai Herbert? Because Hanato Mohawk has never knocked anybody out in 19 pro fights. No, but he is good on the feet. Like, in, yeah, in, in, yeah, yeah. Like we we can say like, oh, he doesn't have power or stuff like that. You're right. He he is maybe more of the like technique type guy, and maybe he won't knock him out. But it's not like Trinaldo was losing that fight until he landed that overhand left either. Yeah, no, all the striking and and grappling stats are in um, in Mohawk's uh, Mohawk's corner. So yeah, he's my pick. I don't. I, I was. If you can make a good case for Herbert, I, I would like to get some two times money. But no, um, Carnero, aka Moicano, is the pick there at minus two fifty. Just play it safe. Um, what else we got? Welterweights. Tim Means, Nicholas Dalby. Um, Dalby is locomotivo. Locomotivo, which is locomotive, uh, means is the dirty bird. Obviously, the dirty bird is our choice, yeah, correct? it's not even close. <laughs> Obviously. All right. Locomotive is 19-3-1 with two no contests. Uh, he's got six knockouts, four submissions. 
Never been finished in a fight. He is 3-2-1 and one with one no contest through two stints in the UFC. He's 2-0-1 oh, um, over his last three fights. He was the Cage Warrior champion twice, two different stints as Cage Warrior champion. He's at plus 115. Uh, Dirty Means Bird is 31-12-1 with one no contest. He's got 19 knockouts, five submissions. He's been subbed five times in his career, so almost half his losses have come via submission. He made his debut way back in 2004. He's 13-9 in the UFC over two stints. Uh, he's won his last two and three of his last four, so we finally have gotten into some fighters on some roles here. Now we're into the the meaty main card portion. Um, he's taking this on short notice, though, and late replacement fighters have only won 38% of the time um, for the past, what, year and a half, I guess, right now since I started tracking Potential targeted to reach striking and active striking stats in his favor as his grappling stats. I'm going to go against my short notice stat. I'm going to take him at minus 145. I'm going to take Nicholas Dalby in this one. Okay. Um, I so I'm back and forth on this one. Neither of them like blow me away in a way that makes me like really satisfied picking either of them. So I'm going to do a little MMA math, um, and, and that's never a good idea, but. They both fought Daniel Rodriguez, and they both fought Daniel Rodriguez fairly recently. Um, one of them got stunned on the feet with Daniel Rodriguez's striking and submitted by him as they were stunned. The other one stood toe-to-toe with Daniel Rodriguez in an absolute slugfest and won out of the judges' scorecards. And it was a close fight. It was a fight you definitely could have scored either way. But, like, one of them looked good enough and could stand in the pocket with Daniel Rodriguez to win a fight. And for that reason, like, you know, like, you have to imagine neither of them are going to go with a different game plan, right? Like, both of them are going to slug. Like, neither of these guys like to wrestle. And if they do, I, I think that even leads Dalby. So I'm going to go with Dalby here over Tim Means. I, I'm going to say this is probably the hardest fight on the whole card to pick, but I, I do like Dalby in this one. Okay, cool. We differed. That'll make Saturday more interesting. I'm all for that. Um, all right, what do we got? Featherweights. Andre Feely versus Daniel Pineda. Uh, Pineda's the pit. Feely's touchy. Obviously, touchy Feely is one of the best nicknames in the sport. Yeah, that's that's no question. No brainer there. All right, Pineda, twenty-seven fourteen with two no show, two no shows, two uh, no contests. Uh, he's got nine knockouts and eighteen submissions. So all of his wins have come via finish, which is very impressive considering he's won twenty-seven times. He's been subbed himself six times. He's four and five in the UFC over two stints. He got knocked out his last fight. Uh, he had two. He had two wins in PFL, I think, and they both got overturned for him uh, dabbling in some special sauce. So he has two no contests in PFL. He was one and four in Bellator. Um, he's at plus one eighty. Touchy Feely, twenty one and eight, nine knockouts, three submissions, nine and seven in the UFC. He's one and two, lost his last one and two over his last three, lost his last fight. Four inches taller, five inches of reach, five years younger. More active striker, the better grappler stat-wise, and eye test, minus 230. Take it away. I take Audrey Feely in this one the whole time. I actually Correct. don't think this one needs all that much breakdown. The The big thing nope. for me here is Daniel Pineda is a guy who, if he has the wrestling advantage and is going to be on top, has a chance to win almost any fight in the OC. If he cannot get on top in a grappling scenario, if he has to strike or if he has to work off of his back, I will pick him almost 0% of the time. And I just think with Andre Feely here, that's exactly what you're about to see. Andre Feely has got some good alpha male style wrestling. He's got some good submissions if you try to shoot on him lazily. 
he's going to stuff those takedowns. He's going to make this a striking match. And if he doesn't, he might even wind up on top here. So, yeah, I'm going to take Andre Feely, and I think it's a simple pick. Yep, I agree. Um, Bantamweights, Raoni Barcelos, Timur Valiev. Is this the fight with Dan uh, that uh, Shockwave messes the name? No, I, or I forgot to mention Jai Herbert was the name he messed up. He, really? He used, he's, a Jai, an he's a Jai Herbert. Like, he tried to give, oh, he tried to give it French. the French treatment. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, Timur Valiev, nicknamed the Lucky. I don't know if he's lucky with the matchup he's got this week. Uh, but he wins the nickname battle because Barcelos does not have a nickname. Uh, that I, I could find. Uh, Valley have 17 and 2 with one no contest, five knockouts, two submissions. He's 101 in the UFC, won his last fight. He was 8 and 1 in WSOF slash PFL. He's three years younger, plus 175. Barcelo, 16 and 1, eight knockouts, two submissions, five and 0 in the UFC. He's won nine straight fights. He, before this, he was the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and a wrestling champion. He's got an inch of height. I really have minus two twenty-five, and he's got me in his corner. Also, I'm picking him. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Barcelos too. Uh, I will just say this: uh, you know, he, he's gone in there and beat guys who like to strike and put pace on him. Um, despite the fact that you know he's a little bit long in the tooth and getting a little older, um, I, I think he's built for the durability of a guy like Timor Valiev who's going to come forward and throw like the kitchen sink at him early. And I think Valiev is going to wilt to that style before he does. Um, like we saw that a little bit with Sedner Magomedov, who he beat. Uh, and also just, you know, like wh- while he hasn't maybe had the greatest run of opponents because, you know, a lot of guys fall, fell out of fights and stuff like that. You know, he is supposed to have fought already Cody Stamen, Mirab Davalashvili, Rafael Sunsau. Like, Barcelos is a guy the UFC, I think, believes in, and I think for good reason, is is he's very skilled, and I think he just weathers an early storm here by Valiev and cruises late in this fight. We are both picking the Barcelos in this one. Um, yeah, Valiev's getting a tough matchup. Um, have you, now, it comes to our heavy, not chunky, uh, Double, not double main events, co-main event and main event. Um, I flip, I've flip, i flip-flopped on both of these. Have you flip-flopped on either of these with your picks? No, these two I, I've stayed oh, okay. well, I've stayed mostly right on with these two. Actually, when these two got posted, I think I, I had the same picks as I do currently. I don't think I've flip-flopped oh, once okay. on these. I, I'm pretty confident in my picks on both. Well, good. Maybe you can make me confident then. Um, we've got... Ovince saint Pru. There's a lot of French-sounding names on this card. Not very many. Uh, just one Frenchman in the main event, but a lot of French-sounding names. Um, and Tanner Bozer. Bozer is the bulldozer. Bulldozer Bozer. It sounds better if you say his last name. Uh, Ovince saint Pru is his initials OSP, which is the weakest nickname you can get. Initial the initial thing, or if you put like a number after it. No. What about like C- what, if, what about what about uh, J Lo for for Joe Lozon? Yeah. See, <laughs> or, yeah, or so Ken, that, that's funny. Or K or K Flow for Ken Florian. <laughs> yeah, some of them are all right, but usually it's weak. So Bulldozer Dozer Bozer is obviously the better nickname. So. Correct? Yeah, it's a better nickname, for sure. Okay, uh, warning, he is a Canadian, and I tend to fade my fellow Canadians, and they tend to um, do me dirty if I do pick them. So, uh, Which also means our favorite part of the podcast, Canada Trivia, to show how <laughs> Dan is Dan is the, uh, I'm casting him in the role as the typical American, even though he claims to be well-educated. Um, I'm just going to prove how much even a well-educated American, uh, how little they know about Canada yet. We know everything about their country. All right. Um, we 
as everyone in the world knows, you guys celebrate uh, your Independence Day on July 4th, correct? Yes, yes, we do. Okay, <laughs> the whole world knows that, and it's the biggest biggest deal in the world for for you guys. You, you get like 10 weeks off, off uh, work to celebrate, um, shoot your fireworks and your guns. But okay, when does Canada celebrate Canada Day, our, our um, birthday? It's July 1st. I do know that one. <laughs> oh my god did you look it up no i didn't look that up july no. 1st right because it's, there you go. i know that because it's on our calendar uh when when you oh, like buy a calendar nice yeah and we we still buy calendars in my house but like if you buy a calendar uh it's on there like three days ahead of time just like when you try to have thanksgiving before us <laughs> yes we do all well, that that's much better spaced out you have uh thanksgiving is way better in october since <laughs> Because a lot of the food and everything, it's very similar to Christmas, so you, it's better, you know, a few few months before. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that when it gets closer. <laughs> yeah. to, I, th- I think we, I think we've think we had this debate on this podcast. I think perhaps. we have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I, Dan impressed me. So let, let's see uh, if he impressed me with his knowledge of this fight. So OSP, not Canadian. Um, he's 25 and 15, 12 knockouts, 8 submissions, 13 and 10 in the UFC. One and two over his last three. He got TKO'd his last fight. Uh, he missed weight his last fight also, which was a, a light heavyweight fight. This one is at heavyweight. Um, it was supposed to be. He was supposed to fight a different opponent at light heavyweight. Uh, short notice fight. Not. It's. He's not taking a fight on short notice, but his opponent is stepped in on short notice, so he doesn't want to cut weight. Obviously, um, he will be about uh, based on his last and his weigh-in when he fought at heavyweight. He was right around the same weight as Bowles, right around the mid 240s. So it should be a wash for uh, weight size um, speaking. He is, if that even makes sense, what I just said, weight size speaking is that's good English. Uh, he lost his heavyweight fight in the UFC. That was to um, the washed uh, Ben Rothwell, right? Yes, I believe so. Yes, not good. Um, before. This, he was 6-1 in strike force. He's an inch taller, got five inches of reach, plus 135. Bozer, Bulldozer Bozer, the Canadian from out west, I believe. He is taking this fight on short notice, which is very – he just fought, what, a month ago? Yeah, and he, he was talking about being released he, after that, too. Yep. He was hoping to he be released. super angry. Yeah. And he got a new contract he set out of this, too. Yeah, six, crazy. six fight deal, too. Yeah, first of all, Canadians don't complain about things. Uh, <clears throat> secondly, it, he got himself a – on a two-fight losing streak, got himself a six-fight contract, which is It doesn't really matter how long these contracts are, though, because they can cut you at any time they want. But So basically, it's the longer it is, probably the worse it is for the fighter because he it's one-way traffic there. They can get rid of him, but he cannot get rid of them if he wants to until the contract's up. So regardless, usually when they get a new contract, well, you, you get a nice uh, nice bump in pay, so which is surprising. So they must still think highly of him, despite him being on a two-fight losing streak. Uh, overall, he's 19-8-1. and one. With 10 knockouts, two submissions. He's 3-3 three three in the UFC. He, uh, Yes, he fought June the 5th. I didn't even have to ask you. So we're talking three weeks. A little over three weeks. Um, when fight night rolls around. He's eight years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor, uh, stat-wise. Minus 170. Uh, let's see if you can convince me. I'm not going to tell you who I am flitting and flopping between. Uh, I'm I'm not going to try to convince you, but I am going to tell you I'm clearly going to take Ovin State proof. Um, there you go. That's why that's why flop too. So yep. Yeah, Open same proof. Yeah, I, you know I like Tanner Boser a lot, but like I'm seeing a plus number next to OSP, which is first of all a weird one in a heavyweight fight. Um, 
I actually think, despite the fact he's going up in weight, he's gonna look way bigger and possibly be heavier too. Like not, not even just bigger, but like heavier, heavier. Um, you know, Bozer just had trouble with the takedown against Ilir Latifi. He's up against the guy who can hold him down like Ilir Latifi did, and has really good top game submissions and top game striking. Like he, he's got good ground and pound too. So. Like, I think he's actually in more trouble if he gets taken down against OSP. you got the length that he's going to have to deal with. I mean, there's just so many alarms here for Tanner Boser. I think I, you just have to go with OSP, especially when you see the plus number. Yep, we are agreeing there. So there you go. So uh, you made me more confident with my, my flipping and flopping. So even though you are, what, 53, 53% and I'm 55%, but I'm who's, still... But who's made more money? Dan's lost more money. He hasn't made more money. He, he's donated le- donated less money than I have. Lost <laughs> less. Put it that way. <laughs> All right, main event. Uh, another heavy, not chunky fight. Cyril Gone versus Alexander Volkov. Uh, French versus Russia, if you're into that jingoistic stuff. Um, Drago, Volkov, and Bon Gamin for gain, which translates to good kid. Hmm. I gotta go. I guess you gotta go with Drago. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go with Rocky. Drago. That's the best Rocky movie. But are we going with Drago with our pick? Let's see. Um, He is thirty three and eight. Twenty two knockouts, three submissions, seven two in the UFC. He's won two straight and three of four. He's won the past two via TKO. He was ten and three in M one where he was the champ. So he's got extensive experience. He also was six and four in Bellator where he was the champ. Uh, three inches taller, and based on their last weigh-ins, he was 17 pounds heavier. He's at plus 135. Um, bon Gaman, Cyril Gain, uh, who has been on Dan's podcast. Uh, Volkov is not, I don't think, right? He is not. So that is correct. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'm tipping my hand here, guys. Um, Gain, 8-0, three knockouts, three submissions, 5-0 in the UFC. Before all this, he was 7-0 in, as a professional Muay Thai fighter. Inch of reach, two years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor, minus 170. Uh, I've flopped after listening to um, more analysis on this. I've flopped over to Drago on this. I, I think uh, Gaines getting his prospect loss here. I'm going to go with you, too. I'm going to take Drago. Hey. Yeah. Uh, in, in yeah a, I'm I confident didn't, now. I didn't expect us to both agree on these top two fights, but, yeah, like, the the thing is, not only do I think he's going to get a prospect loss at some point in time, but also just, like, the style of which he fights, right? Like, he, he's a very technical guy who, if he, you know, if he throws a leg kick and it lands, he's going to throw that leg kick seven more times. And that works against a guy like Yair Rosenstrike, right? Like, that works against a guy... I mean, like, think of some of the other people he beat that, that aren't necessarily all that good. But Yair Rosenstrike's the one that sticks in my head. Volkov is a very technical striker right back at you. And here's the other thing. He's more aggressive than Surreal Gain. Um, and Gain doesn't seem like the type of guy who, if Volkov gets overly aggressive, is going to punish him and is going to knock him out because he is super careful. So I think over a five-round period, especially, that aggression is going to pay off for Volkov, and I could just see him winning it as a result. Yep, I totally agree. And plus, the experience factor is, um, like, it's night and day here. Eight pro fights versus 41 pro fights, That's um, which probably explains a lot of how 
like you were saying, how gain fights. If one thing works, he's going to keep doing it because he just, just doesn't have the experience in the in the MMA realm uh, at this point. Yeah, and I think that that makes a lot of sense too, like the experience level. And also it's part of the reason why I think he comes in here as a favorite too is because Volkov is – is a guy who has a, some losses that we remember, right? Like we remember him losing to Derek Lewis by brutal knockout. You might not remember the fact that he tooled on Derek Lewis nonstop for like three and a half rounds or something like that beforehand, or two and a half rounds rather beforehand. Yeah. Whereas Gain, all we have to remember is like you know decent performances where he eked out victories. Yeah, and we're getting plus money here. I think Volkov's on a nice. A uh, nice little run here too. He seems to be seems to be peaking. Um, and despite all that experience, he's only two years older than than Gain. Also, so it's not like he's a washed up dude. He's only thirty two years old. So that is our pick. We're going with the evil Russian in this Rocky um, Rocky uh, matchup here. Um, so, do you have any props or parlays that jump out at you this week? Yeah, I, I don't think I necessarily have a parlay for you this week. I, I will say, you know, like there, there's a lot of fights I feel unsure about, so pairing them together seems almost silly. But, um, you know, I did mention that I thought Shavkat Rachmanov is a guy who could go out and finish Michelle Prezerish. If you look at that, those odds, you can get him, and instead of, you know, hovering around negative 300, you can get him at even money um, to get a finish, which I like. Um, and if you want to get a little bit crazier and you want to go with the real D-Gen play, uh, you know, Shavkat Rachmanov winning by submission, which I think is maybe not out of the realm of possibility, is plus 675. Um, you know, I'd wow. I, I probably take him just for the finish because I think he can get it done uh, with his hands, and that's probably the more likely avenue. But plus 100 to get either type of finish is, is kind of nice. Um, and I'll also take uh, – I, I like Warley Alves to finish uh, Jeremiah Wells to uh, win him winning inside distance, also even money there. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to – again, I'm not going to get specific on the type of finish he gets here because, again, I think it could be submission or knockout. But even money on either of those two to win, you got to like either of those. Yep, definitely. All right, let's go with – our locks, I need to get back on track. I believe that first pick, uh, I'm going with Rockmanov. I don't care if he's plus. Minus 280, it's, uh, I'll take any money I can get. So he's my lock. Um, For my lock, I am going to go with – I'll take Warley Alves. Um, the athlete. Yeah, he was my second choice. Yeah, yeah. like, and, and I'm kind of leaning – I'll, I'll tip my hand here too. I was kind of leaning towards Charles Rosa because the number's a little better. But Justin James does have that power. Whereas Jeremiah Wells, I feel like, is just going to make a mistake. So I'll take Warley Alves. I think that's the safer play as far as a lock this week. And, and that does it. Anything else you think we need to tell the people, Dan, before I, I tell them all, give them all their homework? Anything else about this card other than it stinks? No, I, I think you nailed it. It stinks. <laughs> all right. It stinks. All right. Um, here's your homework. Go to MMA-Manifesto.com. Read all our articles. Dan still owes me two articles for this week. Um, so he better get those in quick or, or he's not going to wait a minute. I was going to say, I'm going to withhold money from him, but no, um, that won't work. Uh, so yeah, get those, get those articles in. Uh, dad will have some preview picks for you to read. If he has time, if not, that's not a problem either. Uh, we always have a pick em contest. So, um, go and find the pick em contest, enter it 
and my boss at the other uh, the other jobs for Scambling Podcast is um, foot in the bill for fifty dollar gift cards to wherever you want. If you win it, um, listen to Dan's Top Turtle MMA podcast and Primer podcast. And Top Turtle's got two guys who Charles Rosa and he's got Hurricane another guy Ike. who I was Hurricane Ike. Hurricane Ike. There you go. Um, what else shall you do? Down, download our app, why don't you? Be a buddy. Uh, SGPN app is really good. You can even listen to this podcast on it. And subscribe to our podcast. Also, if you don't listen to it on our app, um, subscribe to it wherever you like to catch your podcast at. Subscribe to the MMA Gambling one, uh, the exclusive one for us. And if you could give us a rating or a review, that'd be awesome. So put us up the rankings. Um, trick those algorithms into thinking we're a good podcast. Uh, what else? Let me think. Twitter, Jeff Fox writer, he's Gumby Vreeland. Anything else I should tell him about, Dan? No, I think I think you got it all. All right, go Suns go. Um, so this is Juicy Jeff uh, on behalf of uh, Gumby Vreeland signing off. We will see you. Well, we won't see you. Um, we'll see your eardrums on Sunday. Bye-bye.